0: welcome to real woman real estate podcast episode actually special episode what's up everyone whoop, 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 whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like we need to do that it's been a long time i shouldn't have left you without you without, without the,
1: beat, the step beat to step
0: two what?
1: yeah what yeah
0: <laughs> but hey y'all uh, my name
1: is Ebony. Oh, well, I'm, I'm Courtney.
0: I'm Kimberly. And of course, with World Women Real Estate, uh, we're bringing you a very special mailbag episode to wrap up the end of our season one. So as you know, we started at the beginning of 2020. 2020 turned out to be quite the year. But we've made some tremendous headways. We've met a lot of great guests in our journey with our podcast, and we get a lot of questions. So we figured we would make a mailbag episode out of it to wrap up season one and answer just some of our frequently asked questions that we get into our email and Instagram and so on and so forth. So of course, you know, we still have a quote for you. Nothing's changing there. Today's quote is, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear, knowing what must be done does away with fear. And that's by Rosa Parks. Wise words from a wise woman.
1: Wise one. Started from the bottom, now we're here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think that actually plays right into what we do um in real estate because real estate is so broad as an industry that um when you are determined and you're focused on what you want to do the the kind of fear that comes with trying something new goes away. So hopefully we've provided some of that value here at Real Woman Real Estate. And yeah, hopefully everyone is taking action and not being scared. All right. So let's move into our questions. Y'all ready? Do this. Let's do it. All right. So the first question we got, someone said, I saw one of your posts about foreclosure auctions. How do you know what houses are up for auction? Is there a specific location where the auctions are held? Do you have to have a lot of money to buy something? Can anyone attend? Or do you have to be a realtor? So lots of questions in that question. But yeah, let's let's answer that question. Um, the first question, how do you know what houses are up for auction in a foreclosure? Those are posted. That's considered public knowledge. Um, it is different for each um, state and county where you're located. I think the this question is referring to the post where Kim and I were at the Dallas County foreclosure auction a few months ago, and they were literally on the steps of the courthouse calling out the properties um, that had been posted and were, had made it all the way to auction. As far as finding out what properties are up for auction, you can buy those lists. There's different companies around the country that aggregate that data. There are people who actually go to the courthouse prior to the auction to get those lists and then they sell them to investors. So that's how you can find out. You could also, if you have time, (laughs) a lot of free time, you can pull it up just from the county website. You can go find find the information there. Is there a specific location where the auctions are held? Like I said, they're usually held in front of courthouses. Sometimes they can be held virtually. Um, it really just depends on where you're located, but I mean, a quick Google search with wh- where your county is will usually tell you where you're, where the auction is being held. Do you have to have a lo- lot of money to buy something? Kim, <laughs> Kim, you wanna chime in there? Cause we, we kinda had that question too when we went to our first auction. Of like, okay, we see how the the auction works, but these people, you know, where they're getting the money from. And one lady broke it down to us, right, Kim? Like, yeah. nah, you gotta have, you, you have to have it with your cash. Yeah.
2: And you gotta have it exact. So whatever your offer is when you're bidding, it needs to be what you have in cash because that's what you're going to, Or cashier's checks, I would say, um, because that's what you're going to be handing over. So there's literally people there with backpacks and bags and folders with their money in it.
0: Yeah. And it was it was something to see personally, like you as an investor don't necessarily have to have a lot of money. But if you don't have a lot of money, you need to partner with somebody who does have money to buy foreclosure uh, properties from the auction, which, you know, it's just really depends on how creative you are with partnering with other investors. Can anyone attend? Yes, it's open to the public. Anyone can attend. But again, you do have to, if you wanna actually bid on something, you do have to have your your monies ready. And so, yeah, that's it on the foreclosure option. Did I miss anything guys? Anything y'all wanna add?
1: No, I just wanted to ask a question to you guys. When you do go to the foreclosure option, these are all houses sight unseen. Or are you able to like quickly Once they call it out, you know, maybe put the address inside your phone and and look it up real quick to say, let me at least see what I'm getting. Is that possible? How does that work? So, yes, if you're
0: quick enough. So the process at the, the auction we were at, like what would happen is different trustees would come when they were ready to call out the property that they were, I guess, auctioning off. And if you knew what you were doing, you already had the list. You had already found the list of properties that was going to be actually auctioned off. And you've done your research by researching the actual address, kind of getting an idea. You don't necessarily have to go to the property prior to the auction, but, you know, looking up that address, maybe at home and looking up like what the comps are, what the the status of the property is, like how many, how much rehab it might need. And if you want to make a bid on it, if you were um, just kind of there And trying to speculate they did like give you access to a list of the properties that were up for auction that day but it's hard to because you're trying to listen in on the property that they're calling out and then look it up and google it real quick and if you're like actually there to buy something you're gonna lose so to answer your question courtney they don't help you (laughs) research the properties but like you there's a way to have in your back pocket the properties that you're interested in, and it's and another thing that I didn't realize it's not just residential properties; it's also um, commercial properties. I think there was a gas station that was being auctioned off while we were there, and a church, um, and a church. Um, uh, there was, of course, plots of land, so uh, it's it's more than just like oh, this this single family uh, residential home is under under foreclosure, so. On that same token, if you if they bring up an address and you hadn't done your research, you might be bidding on a church instead of actually a, pro- a actual property that you can live in or, you know, flip. So definitely does pay to do your research before you go to the auction.
1: I think that's key. I just wanted to point out that, you know, those are all good points that we actually recorded an episode. Uh, it's actually episode 14 and it's uh, all about foreclosure. It's like foreclosure 101. And if anybody has any additional questions on that too, uh please feel free to go back and check out that episode. It's a great episode, answers a lot of questions. Yeah. And then also just a
0: reminder that all of this, it depends on your state and your county. So, all right, next question. So someone reached out and asked us about virtual networking. They said, since meetups and other face-to-face networking options, which they would have taken advantage of are unavailable thanks to COVID-19, they're struggling with building a network. Do any of us, meaning world women real estate, have any words of advice on how to remain successful and leverage virtual resources in COVID? So actually, I think, we are all like a great example of virtual networking, just how real and real estate came together as a whole. Like we're, we're virtual, right? We source our, our guests virtually. We're very heavy into social media, into, you know, just reaching out to people who are doing things that we admire and introducing ourselves and making connections. And I think we actually started doing that prior to COVID and I think COVID has only made it easier to connect with people virtually. What do you guys think?
1: No, I agree. I mean, I mm-hmm. look at us. I mean, we're, you know, you guys are in Dallas. I'm in California. You know, we, we, we you're right. We utilize all of this technology uh, thanks to COVID. You know, COVID has been not only this... <laughs> the negative part of it, but it really has forced us to pivot and just change the way we think. And we've utilized um, Instagram quite frequently. And I think we've used utilized um, you know, like our podcast, right? Listening to other podcasts and inviting people on. I've re- we've reached out guests from Bigger Pockets. Listening to the listening to that podcast and listening to their forum. You know, um, I'm not afraid to you know give give people their flowers, right? There's a lot of us out there that are doing great things, and we celebrate that and celebrate each other. in meetups, uh, meetup.com. I've met some people through that in the investor space that are investing, you know, they're living here in California, but they're investing out of state. And I've went to a few meetups that way. So um, utilize Facebook, utilize join. Join for me, uh, I was selling some homes in an area or one of my clients wanted to move in this particular area and I didn't really know a whole lot about it. So I joined a group that was for that location. And the neighbors told me everything, everything I needed to know and joined in. So you really just have to be present, uh, be intentional about looking for things. And it's and there's so much information out there to be to be found.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would agree. There's so much information that the lanes are open. I think there have even been several like new platforms that have come out over this past year to enable virtual networking. And people, people want to connect right now, right? Like human, like face-to-face interaction that we're so accustomed to uh, is not really an option right now. So people who you ordinarily would not have had a chance to connect with, you know, now's the time to make those connections. And we do have an episode, surprise, (laughs) that kind of talks about this. there is a episode with Precious Boy, uh, building a brand with Precious Boy. I think that's episode 21, right, Court? Yes, yes, it is. Episode
1: 21.
0: Episode 21 with Precious. And the reason what 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 sticks out with me for Precious is, uh, and this was pre-COVID, she reached out to us, like as soon as she thought we were doing a real, in real estate, she reached out to us, introduced herself, offered herself as a resource. And asked if we could help her with resources because so she was getting herself started in a different market down here in Dallas. And so, you know, she she just executed it flawlessly on how to, to network virtually. The key being understanding your value and knowing who to ask for what um, when you're connecting. So yeah, check that out. Episode 21, Building a Brand with Precious Boyd. And hopefully you guys are not being afraid or scared and are reaching out and connecting with people and taking advantage of, of, you know, that one benefit of, of COVID of being able to connect easier with people. Anything else on virtual networking, y'all? Moving right along. So we had another question. Someone let us know that they reached out to a realtor to begin the home buying process, but they hated the properties that their realtor was sending them. He said it really feels like the realtor does not get what they're looking for. And so they want to know how to go about breaking up with a realtor. So I think this is something that people don't really talk a lot about. Um, I think from the investor side, like if you're like a wholesaler, you probably work with multiple realtors. But if you're like, you know, a first time home buyer, or a new home buyer, and things aren't working with your realtor, what, how do you, how do you change that situation? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that for Court cause I'm not a realtor. And my advice is probably a little, <laughs> my, my advice is probably a little raw. So Court, what do you have to say about that?
1: Oh, I think the, the first part of the question is, you know how do I, how do I go about breaking up a realtor? So what I would say is breaking up with the realtor. Why do you want to break up with the realtor? And the reason is uh, she's sending her properties that she doesn't like, right? So that just means that she's not listening. And I think if you have that going on early in the relationship, then you probably want to break up with the break up with your realtor. Yeah, having a realtor is like dating. You know what I mean? You guys are getting to know each other. You guys are putting your representative faces on. And then when you put that offer in, you know, you guys are, you guys are engaged. You guys are signing the contract and putting the deal together and you want to be with somebody that has your best interest in mind and not all realtors have, have your best interest in mind. And it's okay to shop around to figure out, you know, what, what fit, what best fits you and your personality. You know, there's some people that, you know, you guys just don't mesh well and that's okay. Okay shop around. And how would you break up with a realtor if you had some realtors do this? They put you under contract because they don't want to be, they don't want to be screwed. You know, they don't want to go show you a bunch of houses and then you're working with somebody else that's also doing all this work for you. And so they put you under contract, right? So just kind of protect themselves. Now, here's why I don't put people under contract because we need to have some sort of trust. And if I can't trust you and I need to put you under contract, then we probably shouldn't be in a relationship together. Now that's not what most people do. Most people put you under contract because they feel like this is a public, you know, we're serving the public and we don't know each other like that. So we need to have some systems in place in order to protect ourselves. Um, That's just how I do business. If I can tell right off the bat, if it's not gonna be a good fit. Um, But even if you do have a contract with their realtor, at the end of the day, You know, they can't really do anything. I mean, what are they, they can find the other one. They'd have to really do some snooping to figure out that you put in an offer on another property with another realtor and search your name and ask for some money back. And if they're willing to do all that and go that far, they can, and they legally can get money back from that other realtor and file you know, do some arbitration or something like that in order to reclaim some of their commission because they did do some work for you. So that is possible. How likely is that to happen? Not likely, not likely at all. I mean, they're most likely moving on to the next person. It's really just like having a lease. It's (laughs) You can break the lease. You can break the lease early. What are we going to do? (laughs) <laughs> well what, what you you're my tenant, what are we gonna do? You know, we, there's nothing really uh protection that we have except for you know the dean you on your credit or you know, something like that. So it's really similar. Yeah. And that's actually something I'm sorry, let's go ahead. Go along Kim. With that. What
2: about on the flip side? If your realtor, if as a realtor, if you want to let's say fire a client, how does that work? Do you <laughs> them? I mean, like, do you just stop engaging or how do you address wanting to let go of a client? Can you go? So you're them? saying,
1: do you ghost them? <laughs> so what you're saying is like, I, I'm the realtor, but I'm not feeling my client. Yeah, how people are crazy.
2: Right the relationship is in your best interest. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? As a, we always say, look, you, You don't, if you don't want to work with each other or if you, there's so many different reasons to fire a client. Number one, you're probably getting, or somebody may ghost you or not really tell you what's going on. If you keep looking for houses you can't afford. The last client I picked up, she was getting ghosted and passed on and passed on to realtors. I didn't know that when I got her and I was quickly realized why uh, she got passed on to me. And it was because she was looking for houses that she couldn't afford, number one. She was, had a budget of, of homes that she just loved um, and wanted something brand new and, you know, HGTV status, but did not have HGTV money. The other thing was she, she really didn't have an understanding of what she really wanted. It was more so that, and let's just go see it and then I'll kind of figure it out. And I think a lot of people let her go, and I think it was a form of ghosting, she told me. Um, I think it was a form of passing her on to other realtors and saying, hey, I recommend that you work with this person. And that's what you'll see a lot. You'll see a lot of pass-ons and because they still get a referral fee. So they'll refer you out when they don't wanna work with you, right? But you brought them to business, so they'll just take that referral fee and do that. Um, but I mean, none of that, none of that is right. (laughs) Just be straight up and just say, Hey, you know what? This isn't working out and that's okay. You know, this isn't working out, but here's somebody that I think would be a better fit for you. And that's what, um, I would do. And that same client, I would like to say, by the way, it took us, uh, four weeks and, uh, pre-negotiated a home for her and was able to find her, uh, the HGTV, uh, look that she wanted flip and closed closed last week so she was able to get what, see what she wanted
2: yes only took so. some nurturing of the relationship it
1: just took some nurturing and it took coaching like i had to coach her up and she i had to send her data send her information help her understand the market show her how the market is performing not just go and show her homes but educate her to the point where she, she knew this stuff before i even told her you know, here's what's happening in this particular marketplace in Livermore. This is what houses are going for. The ones that you looked at that you didn't get, here's what they got bid on. They were listed at 600 or 740 or whatever the case may be, but they actually sold for 840, dollars $100,000 over the axe. So let's not look over here anymore. They're going 50 dollars to $100,000 over ass. And you start to get it. Once you start losing a few homes, write the offer. Let, let, write, write it up. Once you start losing, you get motivated. You know what? It.
0: Of course, no, that was a great answer, and I think a really good episode. Like, if you just wanted to listen, it just popped in my head is episode twenty nine with Venetia Paul Watson. She talked about the different types of real estate because we really exactly
2: brought. What I was thinking of for that.
0: Yeah, we talked. We were we brought her on to talk about luxury real estate, but she really broke down, um, at least in the Texas market, like how how that whole thing works, and I think. Court to what you said, like people people have champagne taste and beer can budget, and it creates a mismatch between the realtors and their clients, especially now when inventory is so low and houses are flying. Like you got to be on your stuff, or they go they want to go house shopping and they don't have no sort of pre-approval. and so like they're pretty much wasting people's time. I think again, Courtney just uh, just to tie what Courtney said, it's about conversation and being real and being authentic, and it is like dating. Like know that know who you're reaching out to, like ask around court. You told us about some questions you and your husband asked your realtor before y'all bought the house you're currently in. Right. Like, can you share like some of the questions you asked your realtor, uh, like how you went about making sure that was the right person for you?
1: No, I think that's key. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the first thing is <laughs> they deserve your commission and they need to earn this is work right so don't just meet uh, somebody because they were referred to you without interviewing them or one of your cousins sells real estate or does it on the side or somebody's a teacher on the side and then they also dabble in real estate you know and check this out this is um this is an important transaction that requires uh, a certain skill it really does and so one thing when we are purchasing our first home here in the bay area Um, I asked the realtor, how'd you get, how'd you get started in real estate? Because a lot of people start in real estate as an afterthought. They don't go to school for real estate. Very, very rarely. This particular agent actually went to school for real estate. He knew from the very beginning in college that he wanted to do real estate. Not that that's the right answer, but I was really just looking for honesty. You know, if you're in it for money, tell me you're in it for money. You know, don't, don't BS me as to why you did it. Uh, the other thing I wanted to know was specific area and location. You know, I wanted to buy in a specific area and I wanted to know, did you know this market? Or are you, you know, 50, 60 miles away servicing clients but you just wanna do a big grab and grab me too. And you don't really know what's happening. So I asked him some specific market questions that I wanted him to tell me and it was data driven uh and he was able to answer that uh the other thing was continuing education i wanted to know how did he stay up on all of the new trends how did he you know what did he serve on any boards you know how was he involved outside of just that and the reason i asked that question was i wanted to know does he eat sleep poop real estate or is he just you know is this just <laughs> something, you know what I mean? Well, I wanted to know, like, how how, how deep is your passion lie, right? Um, and just, and the, you know, the answer to his question was he was sitting on many boards. He was sitting on the ARIA board. Uh, he was on the board of many uh, associations. So he not only um, was, you know, selling real estate, but he was involved in changing policies and lobbying. So he was a mover and a shaker and an influencer. And that also tells me that he knows other realtors and he can put deals together. He knows them. He knows these people, right? And so that's that was the thought behind that question. Um, And I think, you know, just along those, something along those, I think those are three good ones to kind of stop at but something along those lines. um, And then, you know, what what resonates with you? What's more important to you in regards to, you know, personality? I would even throw it up and add some fun ones in there. You know what I mean? Just to kind of see if your personalities mesh and if your realtor can change, if your realtor can stop the questions and flip it on you to where you guys are engaging in a conversation and that person starts to ask the questions and takes over because the person that asks the questions is in control of the conversation. So if your realtor can can flip that on, that's a beast. You got one.
0: Yeah. And then, I'm sorry, Kim, do you have something to say?
2: No, actually, I was going to say that I wouldn't, you know, those are good questions. And one of the ones when you were saying, you know, if someone not to, you know, BS you if they were in it for the money, I'd actually appreciate you being in it for the money because that means you want it. But that comes with a two-part question because some people make it transactional. And so there's a difference in wanting, you know, if someone told me, yeah, I decided to do real estate for the money, but I'm also passionate about it. Then that's a different answer than, oh yeah, I'm in it for the money. Because a lot of people are in a lot of things for money. That don't mean you're going to make it if you, if you're not passionate about it. So those are really good questions, Courtney. I'm definitely going to keep those in mind.
0: And then one, one thing that court, court told us this story she told us about the real estate agents who weren't prepared. And that really struck me because, and Corey, chime in whenever, but like as I'm I'm preparing to be an agent. Like I'm still in my courses and stuff, but like it's almost like you don't really think about the fact that you might come across the court and hearing <laughs> when you're out, you know, being a real estate agent. So I think that's something good for the agents that listen to us. It's like, you know, be prepared to have your more analytical more involved client right and and market yourself toward that so that way you do have those better relationships with your client right correct
1: no absolutely and there were you're right yeah there were still totally agents that were like oh i wish you would have sent me those questions ahead of time i didn't know that i was going to be interviewed like what do you mean <laughs> 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 you, know, like, you, you, you know what i mean like you you got to be quick on your feet you got to be able to um pivot and be able to answer some of those questions and those are just basic things right i don't i don't think that they're in things you need to come up with or premeditate like you need to know what your why is my why isn't money it's helping families right but i can't help you if i'm not making money so it's a circle you know what i mean
0: yeah that's a good that was a good question and i think maybe in the future we'll do a full episode on just like realtor etiquette (laughs) like realtor client etiquette because i see that's something courtney's real passionate about and she knows what she's talking about so yeah last question which we get a lot but this is just one form of that question um someone reached out and said i've learned a lot from the podcast and wondering if you all have a mentorship program i just enrolled in real estate school and would love a deeper insight into the real estate industry so Mentorship. Are we mentors? Do we have a mentorship program? And to answer that question, no, we're not mentors yet. However, like we understand, yes. yes. <laughs> well, I think I think you know it's an important question, right? Like we started Real Women Real Estate to connect like everyday normal women to the real estate industry and to learn how to how to earn wealth, build wealth, and change the life for themselves and their families, right? So I feel like we've been like hustling, like getting this content to you, and we definitely want to take the next step. And so we are working on some mentorship programs. Uh, that's a 2021 goal for us, right, ladies? Um, to bring something that's more,
1: more impactful to you guys. Correct. Go ahead. okay you no absolutely I agree with that um, lots of things to come and we'll be rolling out some things uh, between 21 real soon yeah
0: so hope that answers that question and just hopefully all of these questions have given you guys some insight into how much we appreciate you as an audience let's talk about season one guys what are your thoughts like we did 40 episodes you know between February and now like how are y'all feeling about season
1: one No, I think we had some really great content, you know, shout out to all of our guests that came on and added value. I think we had some of the greatest guests that, you know, it wasn't about anything but sharing, sharing their knowledge and really adding value to the space where we could learn and grow. And to prove that that was actually really happening, we had guests reaching out to each other. We had listeners, you know, calling our our guests and reaching out to them. Um, multiple levels of that happening. So that's that was the goal and we accomplished that. And so I'm looking forward to just continuing that, continuing to get more great guests. There's so many women and men out there that are doing phenomenal things and you know just exposing them and putting them out there and building this entire network for all of us. It's just gonna be huge. I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I was just thinking, Courtney, as you were talking to our first episode that we recorded back in February, and we're just talking about like our whys. Oh, I'm getting the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> like, I mean, that feels like a, like a long time ago, but it really wasn't when you put it in a perspective. And I feel like, I'm just speaking personally, like there's been some exponential growth. You know, I think when I first started, I personally was stuck in kind of that like analysis paralysis thing. I was just getting out of that. And, you know, doing this show has really kind of put me in a position to take action quicker and to apply the things that I've been learning. And I've always said, like, I do this for you guys. Like, I'm here for you guys, but also selfishly, like, I'm learning as we produce this content, right? We've I've been able to personally connect with some people who are doing some of the most phenomenal things in real estate. And I just take that as a blessing. And I'm grateful to have these two ladies Kim, who's like team doer, like let's go. <laughs> like she's the most let's go person that I've ever met. I'm really grateful to have her in my life. And then Courtney, who is really humble when it comes to what she's doing with her real estate. Like Courtney is a beast, y'all. If Courtney gets her teeth in something, it's over. It's a wrap. She's going to do it and she's going to do it well. And she's going to give you the numbers and the why to how she did it. So, I mean... Sorry, guys, y'all can't have Kim and Courtney like they're mine. They're my co-hosts, <laughs> but you know, um, hopefully, you guys have all experienced at least some sort of growth in in this journey that we've taken in season one.
1: No, I appreciate that. I just want to say we, you know, we know we can do this without you, girl. You know, we can do this without you. Make this thing, make this thing run. Um, I joke about I joke about our titles and see CEO, CEO and VPs and all of that all of that fun stuff. But no, I think we all kind of make this, make this engine go equally. And uh, it's been really, it's been really, really fun. And I just wanted to say one thing that I have to tell myself, don't just absorb content and listen to content without action. Really, really take all this in and set yourself some action steps and give it some time. You know, I, it took me a while to get going it took me a while and then once i once i started going it was kind of it's really like i haven't looked back but it took some time it took some time for me to develop my strategy for me to figure out who what mentor would work best with me during the course of this i've changed mentors just let things process it's real it's real let let things you know process and give it a chance before you before you quit but suck the content up and action
2: we told you you would be a rock star.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, it's still, I'm still, I'm still a student, very, very much so.
2: Yes, but it only took that first one to get you going. Once, once you get one, it's gonna, they were just gonna come and you've been on it.
0: Yeah. And Corey, you said something key is like, don't, don't get caught in just absorbing information. I think that's really, it's really hard, you know, like you really do have to set up some sort of accountability. Um, and so, that, but it's the game changer. Like, I think you talked about that in one of our first episodes with mindset is like putting yourself in the position to learn and then take massive action towards what you're doing. So.
1: Absolutely. In closing, I just want to say, reach out to us if you have any questions. You can find us at Real Women Real Estate on Instagram. Uh, you can email us. Uh, just point out to our link tree. You'll see everything on there. Uh, if you have uh, guests, or if you have questions, or you want to, you know, talk about a certain content, you know, shoot us a DM. We are always uh, listening, and it's the quickest way to reach out to us. And just, um, you know, feel free. Don't be shy. Thank you.
0: All right, guys, this has been our mailbag episode and hope you all have a great day.
1: Thank you. Bye.